Welcome, everybody, to the Sandy and Mandy show. It's Sandy. It's Mandy. Happy episode 10. Happy episode 10, y'all. We fucking made it. It's a great number for the Tea Time episode to be on. True. Ten of Cups. It's going to be emotional. The questions definitely have some emotions and feelings behind them for sure. Yeah, this is our second segment of Tea Time where we will be answering the questions that y'all have asked us on our Instagram stories. Today's topic is revolved around relationships. So thank you to those who submitted. Yay! Okay, first question. Navigating your first queer relationship slash sexual experience. Well, do you want to start maybe since you got into your first relationship before me? Wait, should we let them know our status now? (laughs) Yeah, so I guess we should talk about our relationship status. Go ahead, Sandy. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. Okay, I'll go. I'm happily single, and that's all I have to say. That's all there is to it. I am also single. I just got out of a relationship that was around a year and it was a queer relationship. I would say it's my first real queer one. The one before that I had, I was a baby queer, so I didn't even know how to navigate. So it's interesting seeing the growth that I've had throughout both partners and you i recently came out really the beginning of last year and i just got out of my first gay situationship (laughs) but it it dead ass felt like a real ass relationship i mean what we both learned throughout our relationship situationship is now we want to take things slower yes yes please just being interested in other queer people, we found that it's it moves fast as fuck. It really glosses over a lot of important behaviors, conversations. Patterns? Yes. As Sandy said, things can move incredibly fast. It's hard to slow down because it feels very magical and electrifying to say the least those emotions and the hormones just feel so intense and so it can be pretty easy to slip into toxic patterns toxic cycles toxic behaviors manipulative behaviors well we can say this about any relationship really as well like just a lot of unhealed traumas that are projecting onto the other partner. I feel like with navigating your first queer relationship slash sexual experience, boundaries are a huge thing that needs to be communicated and just communication in general. Even if you may feel uncomfortable about speaking up about some of your boundaries, I think it's really important to still have those uncomfortable conversations because it can prevent you from experiencing things that you don't need to experience. And also, if you feel uncomfortable stating your boundaries in general with the person, you should probably rethink why you're feeling uncomfortable with the person you're with because the person you're with should make you feel safe. And you should just feel safe around the person that you're having Having this, you know, intimate experience with just really, really try to take your time with getting to know this person or just getting to know people in general, because you really do not know people for real after a couple weeks or a couple months of talking. Try to take your time as much as you can because you have time and rushing into things usually just ends 
and mess. And as quick as things can start, they can end just as quick. Navigating your first queer relationship, though, we would say start off as friends. And if you've already gotten to the point where you're like, okay, I trust this person. I know this person. Take it up a notch and start being sexual with this person with consent always. And good luck. The fuck? Yay. I have some more things to say about this, actually. Okay, go for it. (laughs) So... I know before I had like my first queer experience, full on like romantic, sexual, yada, yada. I know that before that I was kind of nervous on (laughs) like what to do or how to do things or just how to act because I feel like I was born a virgin again. And now I'm, I'm figuring out how to navigate these very enlightening experiences that I finally get to experience. But just know that Honestly, the sex and just the feelings, everything's going to feel really natural, I feel like. When you're with the right person or whenever you're with somebody that you feel very comfortable and very, you know, lovey, very gay with, y'all's energies, y'all's bodies, y'all are just going to kind of know what to do or y'all y'all are just going to get into it very naturally. And so if you're worried about that part, just know that you're going to feel hopefully it's going to feel great, amazing, and natural and comfortable, of course, with boundaries and consent and, you know, communication. Yeah, honestly, my first queer relationship when I was a baby gay, I was really scared to basically do anything. And I feel like it it was hard for me also to even open up about it. Even though my partner was kind and caring and an active listener, I more so shut down and closed myself off because it was my first time and her first time. So we're both baby gays. Uh... Yeah, when you're two baby gays and there's like only one of y'all kind of being the initiator for everything, it just feels more one-sided. But the energy was still there and all whenever I did apply a next step. If I were to look back at my old self, it would definitely be to tell myself to communicate more with my ex for a better relationship. But it happened the way it did. So either way, you're going to learn and experience what you need to. I know that people also talk about how your first gay heartbreak is like very painful and just a fucking mess. But don't worry too much about that. Just, you know, try to Listen to your gut, listen to your intuition with people. Take your time with who you want to have this experience with. So the next question is, how do you help a friend that is dating someone that is not good for them at all? Whew, been there a little too many times, man. <laughs> From my experiences, I know when I was younger and like in high school and like my friends would have shitty boyfriends, I'd be very, very vocal, almost in like a judgmental type of way which i've realized is just not the way to go about these situations because you know you care about your friend and love can be very blinding people you know manipulation and abuse can happen which is why people are still with other people that aren't good for them as of lately how i've handled this is just i don't want to make it seem like i'm judging them i want to make them feel that they're safe and that i'm here and that i'm always listening and I always want to help them and support them. And I just want them to be happy at the end of the day. You know, I might not always agree with what my friends do, but I'm not a parent or like a mentor. Like I'm a friend. 
Yeah, we don't control each other or our friends or we don't possess our friends. That's just not the way that we move. So whenever this happens and I see that my friend isn't being treated the best, I feel like I more so ask it in a form of a question and just try to make sure my friend knows who they are and just remind them of the love that can fulfill them in other ways if they're not getting it fully in the romantic relationship and they'll come to it on their own timing. Right. Because I've definitely learned that you can't teach your friends. Like your your friends are going to have to learn for themselves through these situations. And all you can do is just be there to support them and give them love. The most you can really do is just try to be honest to them about the situation they're in. Be as honest as you can, but don't be rude. But be honest. <laughs> and I guess kind of phrase things as, well, do you feel like you deserve this? Do you ideally want to deal with this or be in the situation? Try to center the focus back to them and how they truly feel and just helping them with the signs of what's okay and what's not okay. But don't force, don't force them to make any sort of decision. Let them come to their decisions on their own. Yeah, you want to be patient with them, of course, because when someone is in a toxic relationship, it's really hard to detach. And when you're in it, you don't know that you're in it. An analogy mm-hmm. that I've heard a couple years ago that still sticks with me is fish don't know that they're wet because they're literally swimming in water. So that's what it feels like to be in a toxic situation. Like you don't know you're in it until you get removed from it. And then all the realizations start happening. If it is a lot of labor for you to even be around this person, that's when you can put up your boundary as well and communicate Mm. and distance yourself. Um, We just want everyone to feel collected in their own energy. Things shouldn't start off well and then start going in a downward progression just because we trust each other now. I guess that's just a lesson that they may need to learn. For the third question, we're kind of going to group two questions together because they are basically about the same topic. So one listener asked, what do you do when you love your partner as a human but don't love him emotionally anymore? They also added, do you break up with someone that you love but don't love? If that makes sense. And then another listener asked what to do when you're kind of emotional, but dating an emotionally unavailable person. Actually, they're kind of similar, but they're still different. Yeah, they both just focus around emotions. Yes. So for the first question, what do you do when you love your partner as a human, but don't love him emotionally anymore? Listen to yourself. The answer is in the question. What I've also learned... (laughs) In my 21 years of living, sometimes we just need to say things out loud and you will realize either how bizarre or weird or wrong it may sound. With this question, what do you do when you love your partner as a human but don't love him emotionally anymore? The question that I want to ask is, do you want to have a partner that you love as a human but not emotionally? Or would you rather have a partner that you love in all types of ways? Also, do you think that he deserves to be in a situation where his partner loves him as a human but not emotionally? From this question, it kind of just sounds like you're supportive, but it sounds more like an acquaintance and friend vibe going on to me. It's not somebody that you're passionate about or like excited or in love with which just with love in general it doesn't always have to be those crazy fiery emotions Mm -hmm. 
because that's not obtainable for years and years, I believe, but it should still have excitement in it. It just sounds kind of detached right now. This is the part two to their question too. They said, do you break up with someone you love but don't love, if that makes sense? I'm not going to tell you what you should and should not do, but I'm going to give some, you know, some some advice that you can take and leave what you want to hear or not. I feel like personally, if I was with somebody that I love but don't love, I just feel like that doesn't even sound like the ideal relationship or the ideal partnership that I'd want to be in because I feel like the other person would deserve more than that. And I also feel like I deserve more than this as well. And a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people is that sometimes you're just not compatible or like you're not compatible anymore. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Like we're, we're human. There's dude, like 8 billion people in the world. Like we're not going to find our forever one with like the second, third person we've met in our life. So, I mean, also, I don't know who, which number person this is for you in your life, but I'm just saying in general, we're meant to experience people. And I feel like the longer you hold on to something, that you know just doesn't really feel like the greatest fit, the longer it'll take for something else that is to come in. From their perspective, why they haven't left yet, it sounds like you're a very caring person. You are putting this person a lot into your consideration as well, which is why you don't feel like leaving yet. But put yourself first because as long as you're honest to yourself and move honestly to what you truly desire and want, it can only go right from there. When you clearly feel a type of way, you're going to know. And what I've found myself doing was trying to convince myself that I don't feel this way or trying to find different ways out of what I was feeling. But I feel like when you lie to yourself about how you feel, you're doing everyone a disservice instead of just being honest so that people can move along with their lives and find something that truly aligns with them and you. I feel like if it's something that's been on your mind for a while, it's going to stay there until things change and you have to change it. Or else the universe is going to make change somehow. For the other question that was kind of similar to this, they asked what to do when you're kind of emotional, but dating an emotionally unavailable person. There could be, you know, a lot of reasons as to why somebody is emotionally unavailable. It could be because of trauma, their past experiences. But personally, I wouldn't feel compatible with an emotionally unavailable person if I myself am very emotional. If you're dating an emotionally unavailable person, I feel like all you can really do is just try to have honest conversations about that and see where it goes. And if they're not really budging or they're just not really trying to hear you out or meet you in the middle, then I don't, I'm not really sure if that relationship is worth staying in. Yeah, there's no point in trying to force a relationship on anybody or force anything. It's just sometimes people have a lot more to take care of and that's what makes them emotionally unavailable or they have a mental illness. And when that happens, it's like, I feel like it becomes draining when you're trying to get emotions out of somebody and it's not going in the way that you expect it to. So it's just better off that 
you do what you need to do focus on yourself exactly there's so many more people out there and you deserve to put yourself first you should put yourself first and i feel like if you're not feeling great from the relationship you're feeling drained emotionally from it because they're just not giving you what you need then i would say that you deserve better and you can definitely move on to somebody else who can give you what you need and deserve and this also doesn't mean that this person is like a terrible person or like this doesn't mean that they're malicious or anything for being emotionally unavailable everybody has a lot of trauma that they've been through and everybody copes with their traumas differently but you still need to put yourself first at the end of the day so another question to this question also is like what do you mean by emotionally unavailable emotionally unavailable as in they never open up about their feelings and they're not really trying to listen to your emotions or just not really giving the warmth or by emotionally unavailable do you mean that they don't always want to listen to how you're feeling because i don't know i feel like some people could classify emotionally unavailable in different ways But emotionally unavailable definition. Okay. This is from psychcentral.com. It says, when we say someone is emotionally unavailable, we mean that they are not comfortable feeling their own emotions, sharing emotions with others, or being present and responsive to someone else's emotions. That is what I think emotional unavailable means. I feel like sometimes people can get emotionally unavailable mixed up with people not always wanting to listen to another person's emotions 24-7. And I honestly think it is valid to not listen to somebody else's emotions 24-7 because we're, you know, we're adults. We have our own emotions that we're dealing with as well. And so if you feel like this is the case to where you're wanting them to listen to your emotions all the time and they're not really wanting to listen to it all the time, it just depends. If they're emotionally present a majority of the time, they are emotionally available. But if sometimes they don't want to always listen, that doesn't mean they're emotionally unavailable. That just means they probably just didn't have the capacity all the time. Just because you're somebody's friend or partner, it doesn't mean you're obligated to listen to their issues, problems, emotions 24-7. Because I think that is where a therapist comes into play. (laughs) Not everything is for your friends and partners to hear if that makes sense but you should feel safe with your friends and your partner to talk about these things yeah we should all just be considerate of each other's energy um whether that's like emotional labor or you're the one having to just vent and speaking of therapists and therapy there's a great website that I found my therapist from. I wasn't really inclined to do therapy because of how expensive it was, but I found this forum where basically you can look up therapists within your area that do low cost sessions or they do like a sliding scale, which just depends on your income. And yeah, the website is www.openpathcollective.org. I'll put it in the podcast episode description. And Yeah, let's try to go to therapy so that we can help ourselves and help everybody else around us. Yeah, and therapy doesn't have to be a weekly thing. It can be whenever you want. I know with my therapist, I ghost her all the time and I still come back. (laughs) (laughs) 
Right. We covered these questions to the best of our abilities for this Tea Time segment. I'm very, very happy that we got to do, you know, this is the second monthly segment. And then there's going to be a third one and a fourth one and a fifth one and a sixth one. I'm so happy. This is our 10th episode. We must celebrate. Yes. Yes. Thank y'all so much for listening. Thank y'all so much for the support. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Love y'all. Bye. Love y'all.